It is, uh, what's today? Today's Thursday, July the 16th. Alex Trebek has a goatee. Just saw that on the Twitter. How fucking awesome is that? Uh, he's also uh, uh, he's also feeling well, and he wrote a book. Isn't that nice? Some good news for once. That and more. Episode number 21, Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? 21 episodes. The show is now legally able to drink. <laughs> uh, boy. So, uh, welcome to Thursday. Um, I have less than nothing to talk about. Um, so, so there's that. I mean, there's a couple things, but nothing, nothing groundbreaking, you know? I thought my last two shows were actually pretty good. I thought Monday's show was good. I thought last Thursday's show was good. Yet, um, no more listeners. So, please, if I have to pound this into all of you, all four of you that are listening, tell your friends. If you don't have friends, make new friends and tell them. Uh, I got the... Stickers yesterday. I thought I had ordered a, you know, a five by five, like square sticker. Just the, just the show logo, the red and black logo with the white uh, lettering. Apparently, I ordered uh, three by three stickers. So, I mean, it's more of a laptop sticker than than a bumper sticker, which is. Not ideal, um, but if you would like one, let me know. Be happy to uh, throw a couple in the mail for you. Once those are gone, I think I'm going to have to order the uh, the correct size, a five by five or a six by six or something. But kind of bummed, I must say. Yeah, I put one on the back of my car. Why the fuck not? You know, going to represent Honda Fit Click. But yeah, Alex Trebek, huh? I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. The uh, the Twitter page has uh, posted the YouTube video that uh, that our dear friend Alex posted yesterday, uh, rocking the white goatee. It's awesome. It's amazing what happens when old guys grow a goatee. Um, Celtics play by play guy uh, Mike Gorman. You know, for years, no goatee, dyed hair, whole nine yards. He comes back one year, probably, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, maybe. Comes back one season. His hair is short. It's its natural white color. 
fucking white goatee. Gray gray and white goatee. He looked like a fucking badass. It was great. So that's cool. Something to look forward to when you get old. White goatee. Uh, and he said he wrote a book. He did write a book. I had to look into it. The audio version is read by Ken Jennings and Alex, which is interesting. I bet it's pretty good. The name of it is, and the answer is. Perfect. What a, what a genius title for a book by Alex Trebek, huh? Good stuff. Um, but anyways, a couple things that I wanted to talk about. The other day, I am driving down, uh, driving down the street past a Dunkin' Donuts. And a phenomenon that has come up uh, throughout this pandemic that is puzzling. Why do groups of men, maybe retirement age, but definitely, you know, late 50s to late 70s, I would say, that 20-year range, why do they feel the need to congregate at... Fast food establishments, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's. Do these do these men not have homes? Um, you know, is it this stupid fucking cliche of oh, my wife doesn't want me to hang out with my friends? You know, what what sort of adult relationship do you have with your wife that you can't? Uh, you know, spend time with your friends at home that you have to go to a fucking Dunkin' Donuts to see your friends. I don't know. I must be missing something. However, the phenomenon since the pandemic is that they're now tailgating. And so I saw this in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot that is very small. It's not meant... For spending time. And it was I, I went by twice. One going to where I was going. And then coming back from where I went. That sounded terrible, didn't it? Going where I was going. Coming back from where I went. Huh. That could be a good book title. No? Hmm. Again, you know, wannabe ad man. It'd be a great book title for somebody. I don't know. I think think it would. Probably not. Anyway. uh, So, I mean, that was probably a good hour, hour and a half between the two times I'd gone by. I I don't get it. It was... uh, what, What can you talk about for an hour and a half in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot? Especially now. Like usually you could talk you could talk about sports. Well, nope. Unless they watch soccer, my guess is that they don't. Uncultured swine. But I you know, I don't understand it. It was weird. And um I'd like to know more. I'd like to know why. I mean, my my assumption is is probably what I had said previously, where they just you know They feel the need to leave their house. They hate where they live so much that they need to go sit in a parking lot at a fucking McDonald's. 
you know, it's probably bigger parking lots that they could go to. Uh, you know, my wife seems to think it's a coffee thing because it's, you know, it's cheap to buy the coffee. And then you get a refill of the coffee. It's probably cheaper to make the coffee at home, sir. What do I know? I'm a coffee snob. So I spent $3.50 on a honeydew cold brew this morning. It's better than Dunkin' Donuts. I'm out on Dunkin' Donuts anyway. I'm a honeydew guy. I even got used to Starbucks when I was when I was working way back when which has become another point of contention for for your uh your host here. Uh I go in these real ups and downs. It's a real roller coaster of how I uh deal with not being employed. There are some benefits, obviously. One is, you know, I have time to uh, pack the house for the move. Which is a whole other story in and of itself. But I really don't want to talk about that. Because it's kind of stressful. But not working allows me to do the things for that that need to be done. Um, You know, taking some of that burden off of my wife. Rightfully so. Um, But, you know, this week has been, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, all the jobs I've applied to. And I was looking at the number of, the number of jobs that I have applied to since I was let go. So since uh, May 1, basically. Well, actually, the first one was May 6th was the first one that I sent an application for. I am up to uh, 190 um, submissions. 190. And I think I think I've probably received a response from about 10. Of those 190, some of them were crap. It either you know, I was way underqualified, way overqualified, which I'm not really overqualified for much of anything. But the thing that's really getting to me now is I'm reading things about and seeing LinkedIn is the worst place to be if you're unemployed. It's a, you know, it's a good place to to try to look for a job and find a job, sure. But don't read any of the don't read the posts. Don't read any of that shit, because you're just going to get depressed. Because all it is, too many people flaunting their bona fides on LinkedIn. When you're looking for a job, you need to do that. If you're unemployed, you need to tell people what you've done, what you're good at, etc. You know, I don't need to see uh motivational speakers everywhere the whole fucking thing is just littered with that crap motivational speakers and tony robbins wannabes even tony robbins like some of his stuff is okay a lot of it is marketing he has his big events throughout the course of the year and he charges a lot of fucking money for those events 
So, you know, he needs to keep up the front, and that's fine. It's not a, I shouldn't even say a front. It's kind of, it kind of is. But there are too many of these guys that, okay, you did very well. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you've done well. I don't need to see, you know, uh, your assets under management in the billions, in your fucking heading under your name. Uh, I don't need the name of your book for a magical solution to all this shit. Uh, you're you're an excellent self-marketer. I would love for someone to be honest on LinkedIn and, and just put, uh, you know, uh, fucking Jimmy Dynasty. Why did I get oh, this thing on the wall? All right, let's use a different name. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon, effective self-promoter. That would be, a, you know, and then if he says, hey, this is how you market yourself. Dynamite. But it's nothing but depressing shit. This person's found a job. They have to post a big, long fucking soliloquy about how they found the job, what they're going to be doing. The next person lost their job, so they got to post a big, long fucking soliloquy, how much they loved the company they worked for uh, that just fucking porked them. Uh, yours truly, guilty. Guilty as charged. I did that. Because it was, you know, I felt that way. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's too much. And it just makes me wonder, like, the people that, that write all this fucking flowery, happy bullshit on LinkedIn, do they not realize that there were fucking 30 million people out of work? Hello? Uh, nobody needs that. Nobody fucking needs that. And it's just slowly turning into fucking Facebook. Don't go in the same thing with LinkedIn that I would say if you're on Facebook, don't look at comments. If you're on LinkedIn, don't look at comments. You can have somebody post something. Oh, hey, uh, congratulations, so and so for the launch of your new product. Third comment in. Uh, oh, fucking Donald Trump did this, blah, blah, blah. Fucking liberals, blah, 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 blah. This is, this is not what this site is supposed to be. I really wish they would just turn off comments. Or if you post something, then you probably can. I, I've only posted a handful of things. You should have the ability to turn off the comments. Because it's, it's just, it turns into a fucking cesspool. Nobody, and nobody needs that. Especially someone... Who's just using this thing to try to find a fucking job? Ah, oh, man. See, now I'm now I'm in that whole fucking uh, pissed off and depressed about this work thing. I had a call yesterday with a recruiter, really nice kid. Um, you know, he's like, "Oh, what are you looking for?" And now he reached out to me, and he's like, "What are you looking for?" Well, you know, the stuff that's in my profile and account management and territory management, regional management, shit like that. Oh, I don't really have that. I work with software companies. So of course you do. Everybody fucking does. Because that's all that's out there. Software, healthcare, that's it. 
blah. I don't know. Then I was thinking yesterday, oh, do I do I go back to school, get my MBA, or what for? Just just to spend money to put some letters next to my name? Big fucking deal. It's not gonna help me get a job. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not clever enough to work on myself, so that's not an option. Um, anyways, I need to change the subject. I decided to start doing some, you know, not vocal exercises, but, you know, I have to do a little something to try to avoid the myriad of slip-ups and stumbles that occur on this program. And all of a sudden I started this morning, started singing uh, hallelujah to Jeff Buckley Virgin version, the Jeff Buckley Virgin, great band name, the Jeff Buckley Virgin. Wow. That's good. See, man. Uh, I mean, I can't sing, but it was, uh, it's a good song. Free ad, uh, Jeff Buckley. It's one of those albums that um, you don't listen to it all the time. You listened to it, well, at least in my case, you listened to it, uh, you know, you heard it a couple times. Before, you know, it, of course, when he passed away, it was, I think it came out after he died. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, it's one of these things that, you forget about it, it comes back. And you're like, oh wow, that's uh it's a good album. You know? No, I know, okay, so I was wrong. It did come out before he died. He died in ninety seven. I thought he died before that. Ninety seven. But uh an excellent record, Grace. It's very good. Uh, there's some live stuff that he came out with. And look, I'm not like the biggest uh, Jeff Buckley fan. But again, it's a, it's the kind of album that you come back to every now and again. Apparently he's a big Kiss fan. Hmm. Some people that you would never imagine being Kiss fans are Kiss fans. It's weird. Kiss is odd. Anyway, it's the music minute. Um, played golf on Monday. It was okay. And I thought to myself as I'm playing golf, golf is a real metaphor for life. And here I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's kind of interesting. Turns out I'm, you know, probably the 12 millionth person to think this. But, you know, you you spend all this time trying to to get better at this game and you fail over and over and over and over and over and over again hundreds of thousands of times you'll never get to be as good as you want to be never i don't care if you're uh tiger woods bryson dechambeau that fat fuck uh you'll never be as good as you want to be the whole goal is to just be okay at least for, fuck, at least for non, 
professionals. The goal is to just be okay. And I think that's the same in life. You fuck up thousands of times, and the goal is to just be okay. You know? There's more to it, of course. Like, be a decent person. Don't be a prick. There's that. But, I mean, in general, you gotta go through all the fuck-ups to get to the okay. It's an interesting way to think about it. It's one of... It was... I had never thought of it that way. So, when I heard it, well, when I thought of it, I was like, oh, that actually makes uh, pretty good sense. So, yeah. There's really nothing going on. I mean, there's a couple things going on. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, uh, Rudy Gobert, the French center from the Utah Jazz, that whole sentence is just odd. French center from the Utah Jazz. Whatever. Good ball player. Not tremendously good. Not, uh, you know, 20-plus million dollars a year salary good. He's seven feet tall. And, uh, you know, he can shoot a little, play some defense. But he's the fucking douchebag who... He was, like, the first athlete to get the Rona... Uh, he's the asshole who did not take it seriously in the beginning, uh, had a press conference and touched uh, all the reporters' fucking cell phones and recorders like a prick. This fucking shit piece has the nerve to say that the NBA's bubble, NBA bubbles, uh, anonymous tip hotline. So when you want to fucking rat somebody out in the bubble, uh, for, uh you know, apparently... Uh, Dwight Howard wasn't wearing a mask and half the league ratted him out because nobody likes Dwight Howard. But he called it petty. I'm like, dude, you must not know. English may not be your first language, sir. Uh, but please, um, go back and, and look up the meaning of the word petty. Your fucking face is going to be right next to it. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Come on. And this goes back to what I said. I think I, I don't know if I said it Monday or, or last Thursday, but the NBA bubble, the actual playing of the game is going to be fine. Everything else is going to be way more interesting. These fucking dudes, it's going to be the event of the summer. The shit that goes on in the bubble. Because you can just see it. It's slowly uh, growing. It's it's getting to the point where shit's going to explode at some point. Maybe not explode. I think they'll get through it. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fucking just uh, tons of weed in there. Tons of broads. There's going to be. Like, come on. It, they're professional athletes. They, they have two jobs. Uh, playing their sport and being irresponsible with women. That's it. That's all they do. And that sort of leads me to another thing I wanted to talk about, which was uh, the, the pending story about 
Dan Snyder and how fucked up the Washington racial slurs are and how they have been for a long time, apparently. And so, allegedly, there's a big story about to drop in the Washington Post. Um, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm fucking waiting. Uh, it's starting to become annoying, because I would really like to know what the fuck is going on. Because, quite frankly, it would give me something to talk about. But... I guess uh, the you know the the story is that there's some shenanigans going on and has gone on within the organization for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of drugs, a uh, lot of sex parties, which is a term that I saw. Which is like, what the fuck is a sex party? What is that? It's an orgy. Just fucking call it what it is. Sex party. See that this is this is what like you know uh, little people don't. We don't know anything about that. Uh, I've never been invited to a sex party. I don't think anybody that I know has been invited to a sex party. If they have, they haven't shared that with me, and it would be interesting because I'm curious what goes on. Beyond the having sex part, what else do you do? I mean, it, my my guess is you're just sitting around drinking, blowing lines, and having sex. That's what, when I hear sex party, that's what I think. I don't know if there's anything more than that. Could be. Who knows? I've never been. But I guess there's a whole lot of people involved. Coaches, trainers, cheerleaders. Uh, popcorn vendors. I don't fucking know. That'd be really fucked up. <laughs> That'd be actually kind of funny if it comes out that Dan Snyder has been organizing sex parties and he's inviting uh, Jay Gruden, former coach, uh, you know, defensive tackle, so-and-so. Uh, fucking <laughs> uh, Jimmy Jones, popcorn vendor. <laughs> Whoa, how did he sneak in there? No, see, Jimmy was only there literally to serve popcorn. He had no sex with anybody. His whole job was to man the popcorn machine and just start fucking <laughs> handing out bags of popcorn while people are getting fucking banged. Oh, that's funny. Oh, way to go, Dave. That's that's good stuff. Ah, man. A popcorn vendor. You have to have a beer guy, you know, so you get... You know, some fucking fat schlub beer guy, like, yelling in the middle of the fucking orgy. Bud Light! Yep, I'll take one. Twelve fifty. Thank you. No tip. No tip. Ah, fuck you, you got a small dick. Concessions at a Sex Party by Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's an interesting cat. Um, I looked it up, learned a little bit more, and unfortunately, Dan Snyder is an ad man. You know, here I am, wannabe ad man, Dan Snyder, actually ad man. 
the guy built his business on uh, billboards. Uh, like, you know, when you go into a doctor's office and you're sitting in the waiting room and you see, you know, a poster for, I don't know, some fucking drug or, I don't know, something. It's an ad. Well, his company sold those ads. Good idea. Hell of an idea. Clever. And it was him and his sister. And they grew that, grew that, grew that, grew that, and just started buying, you know, buying up small companies here and there. Eventually bought Arnold Communications, which is out of Boston, has been around for a very long time. Done a lot of work. I want to say, I didn't know specifically how long it had been around when I looked it up this morning. I think it said in the 40s. Uh, and eventually, the chunk of Mr. Snyder's money came from the sale of his company to a French advertising conglomerate. Interesting stuff, huh? He also owned a part of Six Flags, which I think everybody knew, but he that did not do very well. He had a couple of other small business ventures, and I don't really think there was anything else that was... Um, you know, substantial. I, I could be wrong, but but it was interesting. And it was funny because, you know, and then he, I don't know if he created a new company or not, but, um, you know, he had, uh, he, he made his money in an interesting way, all advertising. He had a publication, a magazine one at one point. Uh, that didn't do very well, and but then he, the money that he borrowed to make the magazine, uh, he gave the guy shares of his company, and then when he sold it, the guy made like an absurd profit. Very odd, very weird. Another world that uh, I'm not privy to. I would like to be, but I'm not, I'm not privy to that. Uh, but, you know, then I had to do a bit of a deep dive on Arnold Communications because, like, oh, I know who that is. Like, interesting. So, wow. There was a woman who was in charge of Arnold Communications for a year and a half. Prior to running, which is now Arnold Worldwide, which is still a company, but it's owned by this French conglomerate. This is all... Super interesting stuff. So please listen closely. Because I know that you're on the edge of your seat right now. I'm going to talk about advertising. Uh, She was the marketing chief of Brookstone. Do you know Brookstone? Yeah. They sell all that weird shit in that the Brookstone store at the mall. And then they probably have a, a decent web presence. I don't know. I've never purchased anything from the Brookstone website. It's like, how the fuck do you market that? How do you, how are you in charge of that? And I'm fairly certain she, I don't know if she, I don't know if the timeline lines up to when they, I'm pretty sure they went bankrupt or, or at least filed for chapter 11. But it, it was interesting because who the fuck thinks of Brookstone for literally anything other than uh, grab gifts at Christmas time, uh, you know, uh, sort of those. Parties that you have at work where everyone gets a gift, you know, Secret Santa, 
So I was thinking, I couldn't think of the word. It's like, does Brookstone only make money two months out of the year? Who's buying Brookstone shit in fucking March? The only time you're buying something from Brookstone in March is you've returned the shit that you got at Christmas time and you have that gift card that you need to spend. But she was also in charge of marketing at Stride Right. Yeah, Stride Right. That's a name you probably haven't heard in a while. And you probably don't know what Stride Right is if you're not over 40. Because Stride Right was a shoe that when we were kids, uh, folks my age, uh, a lot of people had them. I don't think I ever had, but there was a Stride Right store. Um, but yeah, now apparently Wolverine owns Stride Right. Go figure. She also... This is how deep the dive got. She also fucking ran marketing for Shaw's supermarkets. Shaw's? Who, marketing for a supermarket. How much fucking work can be involved there? Hey, we sell food. Uh, hey, do you live in this uh, geographical area? Well, you probably can only shop us or somebody else. Uh, our stuff's better. I don't know. Shaw's. She ran fucking Shaw's. And apparently she had never run a marketing agency ever. She lasted 18 months and left. Now the guy that's running it has worked for this French company for a while. Same thing, though. He started off as an account executive, and now he's the fucking CEO of Arnold Worldwide. I would like to know where that sort of progression came from. How did you get from point A to point B? I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, short episode. I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. Um, you know, I got a couple of these. Uh, you know, these these things on my list here that that have come up, but they require audience participation, and uh, I don't have any, very little, mainly because nobody listens to the show. But uh, my buddy Matt, who you may have heard on Monday, suggested uh, weirdest place you've taken a shit. Not a terrible topic, but a terrible topic at the same time. Could probably produce some funny content. Uh, best leftover food, something I thought of. Boring as fuck, but listen. Uh, my wife, prior she on Sunday, prior to her leaving for the week, she made... Meatloaf, my wife's meatloaf is fantastic. And uh, if you know my wife, please wish her a happy birthday. Her birthday is tomorrow. Be sure to wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear. But her meatloaf makes the best fucking leftover meatloaf sandwiches. Oh. I think I've eaten it uh, like six times this week meatloaf sandwich not good for the old diet which is gone i didn't really have one i was just trying not to eat like a fucking slob gone all week long eating like a fucking disgusting fat body they breathe into the microphone my allergies fucking a um and you know what else I wanted to, to mention? And, and just, is it mandatory for 
classic rock radio stations to play ACDC every fucking 10 minutes. Look, I like ACDC, don't get me wrong. But every time I put on the radio, and look, I'm, I'm one of the few people that listen to the radio because uh, my car does not have the capability to, there's no Bluetooth tech in the fit. You know, I have an older fit. So no Bluetooth tech. My wife's car has it, but I just sometimes forget to use it. So fucking ACDC. There's only like three rock stations around here, and they play ACDC incessantly. Like, all right, enough. We get it. Yes, ACDC. They're excellent. They're, they're fantastic. Love them. But enough. Um, Yeah. So, you know, and I... This week I didn't really I didn't have much to put together because I've been um, doing this shit for the house, trying to pack. So I spent yesterday packing or trying to pack um, the basement here. I've got no fucking clue. I've moved a bunch of times, but I've only moved apartments. It's just my stuff. So now I'm moving my stuff and my wife's stuff. We have a lot of stuff. And I'm thinking, all right, do I want to sit here and go through all the crap that I want to like get rid of and donate and shit? I keep hitting the goddamn mic stand. I'm sorry. I do, but at the same time, I just want to fucking throw everything in a box and then deal with it later. So that's the tact that I've taken. And it's not the best tact. Shouldn't I shouldn't do that. But that's what I've done. And it's like, okay, now that you've bought, now that you have a box packed, it's taped up, where the fuck do you put it? Where do you put it? I have boxes, like, that are going to end up lining up the middle of the fucking uh, uh, room here. I'm going to have to put everything back in the storage room, I think, after I get it packed. Not ideal. We hired movers. Mainly because I I hate moving and I'm lazy and I don't want to inconvenience friends and family to help me move. I don't want to go to the U-Haul, rent the truck, drive the truck. I don't want to deal with that shit. Uh, They weren't cheap, but I don't, you know, they weren't, they weren't nearly as expensive as I thought. I thought it would be more. My wife thought it would be less. So, you know, it's a compromise, I think. But they sent a fucking laundry list of rules. Like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, try to limit the amount of loose product. I mean, like, I can't box fucking, like, 20 to 25% of my shit. You can't put st- that stuff in a box. It's befuddling. I don't, um, I don't particularly care for backing. So... It's going to be a slog, I think, getting through this till moving day. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Anyways, onward and upward. Listen, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day or, or time out of your commute or uh, the opportunity to fall asleep to the sound of my voice, which is probably the best way to handle this podcast. It's monotone enough that it's going to help you sleep. But thank you. Um, 
if you want to share content, anything that you've thought of, any complaints or any observations that you have, please reach out to me. You can, if you have my number, give me a call. If you have my number, send me a text or show mail at complaintsandobservations.com and go to the website complaintsandobservations.com. You can go to the Twitter page at complaintspod. You can go to the Instagram page uh complaints and observations pod you can go to facebook fuck facebook um youtube you can go there you can watch the 10 dog challenge it's still up not gonna go anywhere um or you can leave me a voicemail like some people have done just go to the uh, the medium of your choice if you look on the show page there's a link at the bottom of the show uh each episode's page if you want to be on the show, for fuck's sake, let me know. Again, content. Need content. Need listeners, so fucking tell your friends. Uh, if you want a sticker, let me know. Send you some stickers. Good stuff. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.